This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, is the Kinahan gang running out of road? And so today, the United States Department of State is pleased to announce a reward of up to $5 million for information leading to the financial disruption of the KTCO or the arrest and convictions of its leaders, Christopher Vincent Kinahan, Daniel Joseph Kinahan, and Christopher Kinahan Jr. The Kinahan organized crime gang is now listed among the most notorious in the world for narco-terrorism. So as of today, the Kinahan Transnational Criminal Organization joins the ranks of Italy's Camorra, Mexico's Los Zetas, Japan's Yakuza, and Russia's Thieves-in-Law. With police closing in on Dapper Don, Christy Kinhan, and his sons, is the end in sight for the Dublin gang that went global. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by special correspondent with the Irish Independent, Paul Williams, and news correspondent, Robin Schiller, to discuss whether a massive reward and unprecedented sanctions will be enough to bring down the Kinnahans. Paul Williams, the Kinnahan gang have been well-known in Ireland for years now, and we sort of looked at them as guys from the south inner city who got involved in a local feud. Yes, they were bringing in drugs. Gardaí were doing their best to clamp down on them. But what's been revealed now is on a whole different scale, putting them up there with the mafia, with Russian gangsters. <coughs> it is mm. extraordinary. Well, I, I, I suppose to paraphrase uh, what Robert Ebbett said and to mangle his words, the Kinhans have taken their place amongst the top tier of organized crime bosses in the world. Um, we did know there were major international players, that we did know that there were a major cartel. It was well known back in 2010 that there were a billion euro plus organization. I think it's only when the uh, United States, the biggest, uh, most powerful nation on the face of the earth, uh, decides to turn around and identify them as public enemies, number one, two and three, as in Daddy and his two sons, Christy and Christy Jr. and the hated Daniel. Uh, and they enunciate the fact that these guys are now being compared to the top five or six criminal organizations on the planet. It is, no matter how close you were looking at it, uh, quite astonishing. It really is. Um, and a lot of people have said today is quite unprecedented in terms of the annals of organised crime or history of organised crime in Ireland. I would say it is absolutely historic. This is a milestone. This is a turning point. This is 
we never dreamt that we would see something like this, that one of these, like a group of thugs, now, albeit that Daniel Kinnan, we nicknamed, or Christy Kinnan, we nicknamed the Dapper Don because he's very sophisticated and highly intelligent, which is unusual amongst that particular cohort, um, that they've got to the stage that, you know, Daniel's big ambition was to become the top man in the top tier of the boxing profession on the planet, right? Which he was getting to with his dirty money. But to find them that they're now the most hated people and the most wanted criminals, amongst the most wanted criminals in the world, is astonishing. And it is exceptionally welcoming. And particularly to the people of Dublin City uh, uh, who have suffered so much at the hands of those Well, just remind us of what Dublin City has suffered at the hand of those. Because obviously this is a huge international investigation in Dublin, has probably felt the impact of the Kinahan gang and their activities more than anybody. When we hear things being talked about, heinous crimes and murders and misery being being asserted on people. If it wasn't for what they did, it, it, basically all this starts, and everybody intuitively is aware of this, um, the, the Hutch gang went in with AK-47s to kill Daniel Kinahan and his top lieutenants because they had gone to kill Jerry Hutch and killed Gary Hutch and other people and they were, they were intent on wiping This was the budget. Regency Hotel This was the Regency Hotel in February 2016, yeah. And the guy leaned over the receptionist desk and pointed the gun at me, so I was looking down the barrel of his gun and I was shouting, don't shoot, don't shoot. He said something to me that I can't quite remember was, just maybe two words, and then he left again. Um, the guy who was shot right beside me at that time, that, that is the man who's now died. Three men appeared coming in the side door, fully dressed in Garda uniforms, absolutely fully dressed, with Garda in front of them, in front of their jackets and their back of their jackets. And uh, then I noticed they had three shotguns. Uh, a number of shots went off. There was one man standing at reception who was shot. Now, they unleashed a level of violence we had never seen before, not even down in Limerick or any place like that. And they murdered 16 out of the total of 18 murders that are associated with the so-called Kinahan hutch feud. Of those people, at least two were completely innocent men. Uh, one man uh, uh, on holidays in, in Mallorca with his wife and kids, mistaken identity, shot dead. Um, another poor man just down the road here in, um, shot dead in, in Sheriff Street. Again, by a total mistaken identity. Now, if it wasn't for that bloodshed, if it wasn't for that le- level of mayhem, which, by the way, uh, inspired the Gardaí to the, probably their finest piece of history or the finest era in their history by the way they fought back um, if it hadn't been for all that bloodshed we wouldn't be having this conversation today because it is due to the tenacity uh, and the obduracy of the, of the Gardaí and then the government uh, in taking these people on and then international law enforcement and, and, and other diplomats that brought in the Americans into this now it's a total global war against the Kinnans The KTCO has been accused of a wide range of heinous crimes all around the world, including murder and trafficking in firearms and narcotics. The tenacity of of police authorities on one level, yes, but the brazenness, Paul, on a different level of people who killed at will. They they had no fear of carrying out these crimes in the street of Dublin. And you're right, since... The Regency Hotel attack. A lot of the senior commanders from the Kinahan Group are behind bars now. The Special Criminal Court has been very busy indeed. Some over the UK, seventy, over seventy, uh, and the UK authorities have also clamped down on a lot of this. And there are 
activities in Spain and the Netherlands and other countries, Australia indeed, where members of the Kinahan gang have been hunted down by police. But what we're seeing now is an attempt to go at the head of the snake. Is that mm-hmm. a fair enough assessment? Oh, absolutely. And this is the, I wouldn't say the beginning of the end. I think we're close to the end of this particular snake's lifestyle, life span. I think the head is going to be cut off. Um, it's not going to be like a hydra. I don't think it's going to spout many other heads. I think this particular group is going to go. And the way it has been set out is that the three leaders of this gang are, it's a family business. You have Daniel Kinnahan now running the day-to-day operations at the top. You have his father, Christy Senior, of course, who, you know, started the business for want of a better way of putting it. He organises a lot of the money laundering and looks after that. And Christy Junior looks after the finances. That's what police believe. That, that has been the structure for quite some time. In fact, back in 2010, that was found to be the case as well because the Spanish police built up a humongous amount of, of intelligence on the whole inner workings of the, the Kinahan organised crime gang and a, a group. And that actually has, I think, benefited everybody since because they, they, they knew this structure. This structure was there at the time. The only thing is that the, the, the amounts of money involved have grown exponentially. Like, they have money perhaps on a scale like the budget of a small country. You know, and that's what the problems that was enunciated by the American ambassador and others today was that, you know, these guys have so much money and so much power that they can totally, they can undermine the rule of society, the rule of law, civil society. And that's what they've been doing. Robin Schiller, you were at the press conference where the US authorities, the Guardi, uh, British authorities revealed their portfolio on the Kinahan gang. What was the mood like? What was the atmosphere like? It had the look of a big moment. Uh, it certainly was a big moment. I know the word unprecedented gets thrown around a lot, but that's certainly what it felt like today. You had all these different agencies. You had the US Department of Treasury, the Department of State, the Drug Enforcement Agency, and of course our own Gardaí there who lead this whole investigation. You had the UK's National Crime Agency and you had Europol there as well. And I don't think I can ever recall all these agencies being involved in an investigation with Gardaí all at the same time. And it really shows how big this cartel has gotten and the efforts being made to effectively dismantle them. And being in the room, there's obviously a large media presence. And when the US Ambassador to Ireland, Claire Cronin, spoke and she announced this reward for the three uh, members of this Kinnan hierarchy, uh, Daniel, Christopher Jr., Christopher Sr., it really was kind of it, how, mag, how the magnitude of the event kind of hit home. You know, you saw these these three pictures that we've all seen in media reports over the last 10 years and this wanted, you know, reward being offered for them. It's normally something you associate with maybe terrorists, um, international or domestic terrorists. It's not something you'd normally equate with uh, international drug organizations, never mind Irish drug organizations. So I think the magnitude of what happened today and the efforts being made to bring down this cartel, it really did hit home and you could feel how big of an an event it actually was that occurred in City Hall there today. You report on the Kinahan gang day in, day out, and you've done so for years. How much of what you heard was new, new information? Um, A lot was new, a lot was stuff you'd have a fair idea about and a lot kind of has been out there before. But to see, I suppose, Gardaí are normally very careful in their words. And when they speak about the Kinnans in the past, they, unless they're in court, they don't tend to name them publicly in press conferences. They just allude to them. And it's fairly obvious they're talking about. But for the likes of uh, Drew Harris, the editor today, or John O'Driscoll, and to actually name check the Kinnahans and go into exactly what they've done in this country, you know, the murders they've been linked to, 
the the amount of drugs they flooded onto our streets. It really was kind of it's unusual for them to hear that, and it shows how big they've gotten and you know how determined they are to bring them down. Today is a landmark day in the fight against organised crime and in particular against the Kinnahan organised crime gang. To them I'd say you can run but you can't hide from justice forever and from today they will be lo- running low on money, friends and influence. And then you have this, these sanctions obviously being imposed by the US Department of the Treasury and you know to name these people give out I think GD Poor um, would not let us do it in this country but you know give their passport details, their addresses and list particular offences they're actually accused of. You know, it's very, it's just completely unprecedented. And it shows, again, the level this crime gang have got to. And a lot of stuff mentioned in those are sanctions, the specific crimes they're accused of. A lot of it will be now information to me, new information. It's something I definitely wouldn't have suspected specifically of them. Um, obviously, there are the allegations about drug trafficking, which we know they're associated with the more intricate stuff and the passport fraud and paying wages to certain cartel members in prison it's certainly a new information and you know shows the the level of detail Gardy have on this criminal gang the the phrase sanctions it's something where you hear a lot these days and it's primarily associated with russia and russian oligarchs and and big money in that sense what what do we mean when we're talking about sanctions here well in a nutshell there are financial sanctions also as of today the result of these of these sanctions these individuals are immediately severed from the U.S. financial system and any, any assets or property under U.S. jurisdiction are immediately blocked at this moment. So uh, from a money point of view, any these seven men named and um, the three businesses, if they attempt in any way to conduct business in the United States or with people in the United States, um, it simply can't happen anymore. Um, anyone in the U.S. or any business in the U.S. is from conducting business with Daniel Kinahan and those six associates listed. They're also on no-fly zones, essentially. They can't take airlines uh, linked to the United States because they can't do business with those companies. And it'll also, Gardy reckon, have a serious impact on his boxing ambitions. Um, he obviously has tried to reinvent himself in recent years as a legitimate businessman and a boxing advisor to several high-profile boxers, including Tyson Fury. The United States is obviously a major hub for international boxing, so the, the severe impact that will have on him is yet to be seen, but Gardy is certainly hopeful that it will uh, curb his attempts to essentially sport-wash his image and the attempts he's made to reinvent himself. Now, there was mention in the files released today of three specific companies, Robin. There was a a UK-based alcoholic beverage company, there was a sports management and advisory company in the UAE, and another business management consultancy group in the UAE. No mention of specific companies that we know from the boxing world, which have been linked to Daniel Kinahan. But there is clearly an effort to put a squeeze on his attempts to rehabilitate himself or present himself as a legitimate boxing advisor and businessman. Yeah, um, as you said there, you know, he has been making an attempt since around 2020 to effectively sports wash, the term we used, where, you know, he tries to wash his past and put himself forward as a legitimate businessman. And, you know, the announcement made today will finally hopefully put an end to that. I know certain people in Ireland, certain people know about his past and accept it and his involvement in crime. But internationally, a lot of people, and especially people involved in boxing, have turned a blind eye to it. And I think uh, it was Drew Harris today said himself that, you know, what's been put forward today, it's very hard now to kind of look back and say, right, he still has no involvement in crime. And in respect then of, of individuals and very prominent sporting individuals who, who are obviously in some way connected with this uh, group. And I, I would say you, you need to look to your sport, you need to look to your fans, and you need to think of your own reputation because this is very serious announcement made today after a huge amount of work. 
you know, the evidence is very telling, or at least the allegations being made there and the charges being put forward are very telling. And, you know, it is hoped that this will have an effect and that people involved in boxing or the people at least who support in boxing will see that and, you know, turn it back on essentially. But he has got big name people associated with him. Like we remember Tyson Fury coming out and, and basically giving him credit for organising big fights for him. Hello there. I'm just after getting off the phone with Daniel Kinahan. Uh, he just informed me that the biggest fight in British boxing history has just been agreed. Get up there, my boy! Uh, big shout out, Dan. He got this done. There's a whole string of other relatively well-known boxers who credit Daniel Kinahan with building and continuing their career. Like, how has he gotten into that sort of a position, Robin? Well, he's built a massive influence, clearly, from, you know, when you see the Tyson Fury video that came out a few years ago, thanking Daniel Kinnan for organising this big fight. And from kind of the early 2010s, he would have been involved in setting up his own boxing gym in Marbella. Now, at the time, it would have been called MGM, and that name has since changed to MTK. Now, MTK have denied that he's involved with them still in any way, but you know, I think it came very evident in the BBC Panorama documentary last year that Kinnan still at least advises boxers involved in MTK. And he's built up this repertoire around him. You know, he has a lot of boxers, a lot of highly influential boxers who support him, who have great trust in him and have essentially um, thanked him for making their careers. And it came to such an extent that, you know, KHK Sports in Bahrain um, hired him to help them with sports consultancy and sports management. Now, that was short-lived, but it shows the reputation he's built up as a legitimate businessman um, in far-field places like Bahrain, like the UAE. And I think the Garda efforts and the international efforts today will hopefully you know, put an end to that and prevent him from trying to reinvent himself or trying to you know, wash over his criminal involvement and his high-level criminal involvement of that. You mentioned we got a lot of specifics today, but... None of the the overview, the headline as such, is not a secret. Daniel Kinahan runs a drugs cartel, has money laundering operations uh, across the world. None of that was new, and yet very few people in the boxing world have ever spoken out against him. No, um, off the top of my head, the one person I think it was Barry McGuigan who would have, I suppose, bravely come out in that BBC Panorama documentary last year and spoken out against Kinahan. We've spoken to people involved in the game and they've told us exactly what you've told us, mm-hmm. these people, but they are afraid to go on camera. Does that surprise you? No, doesn't surprise me at all. Why are you going on camera? Well, because I think it's right. I'm not threatened. I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, these guys threatening me, you know. I've, and I think it's important to realise from that documentary as well, you know, with that team involved in that documentary, um, they have received threats since then. Now, I know Kinahan himself has denied any involvement in threatened journalists, but that's just what happened after that documentary came out. You know, these uh, these journalists were threatened and very few people will publicly speak out about Daniel Kinahan and boxing. There may be people who, you know, off the record may say they don't agree with it, but um, you have a situation actually on the opposite end where people actually come out in support of him. Um, you know, when stories come out about Danny Kinahan, when cab cases are brought forward and he's mentioning them, you have this, uh, this entourage of boxers and fighters, um, you know, displaying pictures of themselves with Kinahan saying, you know, what a great guy he is. And it's all part of this kind of PR campaign that Daniel Kinahan uses to legitimise himself. And it's it's not accidentally uh, done, you know, there's no, it's very methodical, it's very taught, well thought out and it's a very well orchestrated PR campaign. And it's obviously working in some aspects. Paul Williams, for somebody who runs an illicit drug ring, who has authorities all over the world chasing him down, 
Daniel Kinahan likes the limelight quite a bit. How? What is it about the psyche of a criminal like that that he can't actually just hide? He's the classic psychological profile of a psychopath. He's completely delusional. And his sense of untouchability and invincibility is derived from his sense of hubris and arrogance. That's the hallmark of people like him. He's not the only one. Pablo Escobar, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, Pablo Escobar ran for politics and blew up his people, his his countrymen and women in aircraft flying over the country, blew them up like an act of, which was the first acts of what we call narco-terrorism. He's just delusional. And he really believed that he could silence people like us, the media. Um, and he really believed that his fear um, could stretch that far that everyone would shut up. And in fact, he nearly did get away with it when you think of it. And like, if you think of some of the things he's done over recent years, there was, I was particularly struck in thinking back of it, that YouTube video which was released with this dashing actor uh, playing the role of Daniel Kinahan on the day at the Regency Hotel and the conclusion of the film, which was, a bit of money was spent on it. It, it wasn't, you know, a few lads with iPhones. There was money. They, they recreated the foyer of the Regency Hotel. So they built a set for this. Well, and the conclusion the was that it was all a great conspiracy between Fine Gael, the Gardaí and the media um, to create a story around what happened at the Regency that day. Which are, it's only one word for that. Idiotic. Delusional. Like, you know, people say, oh, how come this happened that it happened? Remember, these things take time to take these guys on. When you hear silence from the cops, that's when they're busiest. You know, when you start hearing them coming out and talking, like as I said today, you know, today was the culmination of six years of very hard work and a lot of networking and a lot of probably other uh, things that went on behind the scenes. He recently recorded a podcast, which was to go out, I think it was three hours worth of recording, which got pulled in the end. Hello everyone, this is an update on the Daniel Kinahan podcast, the three hour world exclusive with one of the most powerful men in boxing. It was due to be released on St Paddy's Day. I'm sad to inform has now been pulled as I've been dealt with some legal issues. And after getting some legal advice, I've been told not to show this interview. It's a blatant attack on my freedom of speech and Daniel's. As the three-hour interview, it was very powerful. Where you get to hear Daniel tell his side of the story. Like, he did communicate with the Ken Foy in the Irish Independent, got a statement from him last year where he pleaded his innocence around this. Like, is it all part of a planned PR operation to try and repair his reputation? Or... Is it all just games? He started. He tried to sports wash his his reputation. You have to remember, as intelligent as some of these guys are, they're complete idiots in another's way. Like they're completely delusional. They don't. They, they, they don't. They don't revert to the real world, and that's why they get caught. And they think people will buy this nonsense, and then of course they will reach for their lawyers and threaten to sue. But well, on that point, Paul, the Ireland has some of the toughest defamation laws in in Europe. Has Daniel Kinahan benefited from them? Like today, we're able to say an awful lot because of what has been put out there by the authorities. But it's incredibly unusual. You would never get this level of detail from the Gardaí, for example. No, never. And in fact, that's one of the problems of Vanguardia Shukon. And they've learned now from the Americans, I hope. It's about bloody time. You know, Drew Harris dragged the Gardaí Shukon completely into the 
spotlight and into the 21st century and be more open and less conservative because you talk to the public and tell them what's going on you get the support of the public and today they won the support of the public in a way they've never got it before and I think that was a good day's work this thing of hiding behind and, and using obtuse language and trying oh we can't say this and can't say that you know that's nonsense just come out and tell the public these guys are what they are and this is why we're going after them and that's what has happened now because you know what this is the end this is the end of the Kinhans well, we know they're in, or at least Daniel certainly is in the United Arab Emirates. So what will he most likely be thinking looking at this? Because we know he's come after the media. We know he's had uh, social media bots or certainly there are a social media following out there that that takes his point of view on this. Like, how will he be watching on? What's his next move? He's like a cornered rat, and he has been like a cornered rat, believe it or not, for at least two years. We've been writing about this about the Irish Independent for the past few years, and so other journalists have as well. Like, he has not been able to leave the UAE to go to other countries for fear of being nabbed on foot of a European arrest warrant, for example, from the Irish authorities. He doesn't know what the Irish have been doing behind the scenes. So he doesn't know. So he's been locked away. He has become a prisoner living in luxury, yes. He, is he able to run his operation from there? Of course he is. Of course he is. Like, because, remember, the, the tier, the top tier of organised crime organ, bodies that he's associated with, they all uh, dovetail into each other. They all associate and cooperate with each other. So they'll pick part of the slack for him. And then there's, like, he's still lots of criminals. Even though he's lost 70 to 80 of his, of his core group of people and his right-hand men, he still has plenty of people to work from. But today, a lot of people... The legitimate, so-called legitimate people who, of course, are morally ambivalent about all of this, they will be running for cover because nobody wants the U.S. government coming down and taking. Because when the Amer- it's not like in here in Ireland, they're much more gen- gentle about it. When the Americans come after you and take your money, they take everything, and there's no argument, and you don't go back and you appeal it and all that nonsense for seven years. They take it and bye bye. And so, for Daniel Kinahan. Will he be kicked out of Dubai? There is no extradition agreement there. He can't, uh, the Irish authorities can't go and pick him up, if you like. So how do the Gardaí or the US, how do they get him? Well, the the Gardaí, he's going to come home to Ireland. This is where the charge sheets are. Uh, and this is where the prison cell space is. Um, he, You have to remember that the, the, the Dubai authorities and the UAE authorities have, have dumped out and extradited guys back to Holland, really notorious criminals, um, really nasty associates of Daniel Kinahan. They have no problem. They now, they're very sensitive to the American sensitivities. They will do whatever the Americans want because they're only alive thanks to the Americans in terms of geopolitical status or whatever. So if the, the, I'd say it would be sooner rather than later you'll see them finding some excuse to turf him out. So where does he go? They have nowhere to go because the Irish will be waiting for them or the European authorities, but the Irish will be waiting for them with the European authority behind them outside the jurisdiction of the UAE and saying you're arrested and bring you back because they will have extradition agreements with every other country because there is no place else for them to go except perhaps if Vladimir Putin is running low on mini, medium to small scale oligarchs and he wants to bring them and live with him. That, that's the only, that is quite literally the only place that Daniel Kinahan and Christy Kinahan, his daddy, and Christy Jr., his brother, that's the only place they're going to be going. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Gareth Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips were from independent.ie, BBC Panorama and RTE. 
If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.